0: Cultivating Wealth with Ethics The Islamic Finance Odyssey. Hello, Assalamu Alaikum. Welcome, dear listeners, to the Islamic Finance Research Podcast, where we delve into halal investment research. Providing valuable insights through publications, books, infographics and engaging podcast discussions. I'm your host, Zed Haji, excited to embark on this enriching journey with all of you. Our goal here at Islamic Finance Research is to empower and educate individuals on Islamic investment principles and effective money management following Sharia guidelines. We aim to foster a deeper understanding of Islamic finance and its significance in today's global financial landscape. If you are joining us for the first time, I encourage you to explore our earlier episodes, particularly part 1 and part 2 of our Islamic finance podcast series, on our channel. These episodes will offer a comprehensive understanding of our mission, allowing you to align with our goals and perspectives in these episodes we've discussed various aspects of islamic finance ranging from its core principles to its application in modern investment strategies listening to these episodes will provide a solid foundation and align your perspective with where we stand in our journey toward enlightening discussions about islamic finance and ethical investment practices As we progress in this podcast series, we will continue to unravel insightful discussions, interview experts in the field and share practical strategies to navigate the realm of Islamic finance effectively. Thank you for tuning in and let's embark on this enlightening exploration of Islamic finance and ethical money management. Islamic finance is a system that operates according to Islamic law, Sharia, principles, which prohibit the payment or receipt of interest, Reba. Investing in businesses that are considered haram, forbidden, and engaging in excessive uncertainty, Gharar. Here's a case study illustrating the application of Islamic finance principles. Case study, Sukuk issuance for infrastructure development. Background. A government in a predominantly Muslim country aims to develop its infrastructure, specifically building highways, bridges, and transportation systems to support economic growth, however. Traditional Financing Methods Involving Interest Conflict with Islamic Principles Approach. The government decides to raise funds through sukuk, which are Islamic financial certificates similar to bonds but comply with Sharia principles. The Sukuk are structured to represent ownership of a tangible asset or service. Steps Involved 1. Structuring Sukuk, a Special Purpose Vehicle SPV, is established to issue Sukuk. The government transfers the rights to specific infrastructure projects to the SPV which then issues Sukuk representing ownership in these projects. Investors purchase these Sukuk certificates, providing funds for infrastructure development. 2. Profit-sharing mechanism. Instead of fixed interest payments, sukuk holders receive returns based on profit-sharing agreements. Income generated from the infrastructure projects is distributed among the sukuk holders proportionate to their investment. 3. Asset ownership. Sukuk holders technically own a beneficial interest in the underlying assets, infrastructure projects, until the maturity of the sukuk. This complies with Sharia principles of asset-backed financing. 4. Sharia compliance Throughout the process, a Sharia advisory board ensures compliance with Islamic principles, reviewing the Sukuk structure and ensuring it adheres to Sharia guidelines. Outcome The government successfully raises funds for infrastructure development while adhering to Islamic finance principles. Investors receive returns based on the performance of the projects, creating a link between investment and actual economic activities. This case study demonstrates how Islamic finance principles, such as avoiding interest and promoting asset-backed financing, can be applied creatively to raise funds for large-scale infrastructure projects in line with Sharia guidelines. Sukuk issuance provides an alternative financing avenue that aligns with Islamic principles while supporting economic development. Islamic finance can benefit India, a diverse country with a sizable Muslim population and a growing economy. Here's how Islamic finance can be helpful in India. 1. Financial Inclusion, Islamic finance provides an alternative financial system accommodating people who prefer Sharia-compliant banking and investment products. This inclusion could benefit India's substantial Muslim population and others seeking ethical and interest-free financial services. 2. Infrastructure Development, India has significant infrastructure needs. Islamic finance tools like sukuk can attract investments for large-scale infrastructure projects while adhering to Sharia principles, thus diversifying funding sources for critical developments. 3. Access to Global Capital Islamic finance opens doors to international investors from Islamic countries and those interested in Sharia-compliant investment opportunities. This could attract foreign capital and promote economic growth in India. 4. Supporting SMEs, Islamic finance emphasizes risk-sharing and asset-backed financing. This approach could support small and medium-sized enterprises, SMEs, by offering financing options based on profit-sharing arrangements or asset acquisition rather than conventional interest-based loans. 5. Ethical Investments Islamic finance prohibits investing in sectors like alcohol, gambling, and specific entertainment industries. Promoting ethical investments aligns with sustainable development goals and can attract investors looking for socially responsible opportunities. 6. Diversification of Financial Services Introducing Islamic finance products alongside conventional banking can enhance the diversity of financial services in India, fostering competition and innovation in the financial sector. 7. Risk management. Islamic finance promotes risk-sharing mechanisms such as Mudaraba, profit-sharing, and Musharaka partnership. These models can encourage more prudent risk management practices than conventional interest-based financing. However, for Islamic finance to flourish in India, several challenges need addressing. These include regulatory frameworks, legal issues, standardization of Sharia compliance, and educating consumers and financial institutions about Islamic finance principles and products. Despite these challenges, leveraging the principles of Islamic finance could potentially broaden the financial landscape in India, cater to diverse investor preferences, and contribute to the country's economic growth and financial stability. Harmonizing diversity, India's path to inclusive finance through Islamic principles. In transitioning from an interest-based economy to incorporating Islamic finance principles, India can take incremental steps to introduce and integrate Sharia-compliant financial services gradually. Here's a phased approach. 1. Awareness and Education – Phase 1 Conduct public awareness campaigns and educational programs to familiarize people with the concepts and benefits of Islamic finance. Offer seminars, workshops, and training sessions for bankers, regulators, and the general public to understand Sharia compliant financial mechanisms. 2. Regulatory Framework Phase 2 Establish a dedicated regulatory body or committee to oversee Islamic finance operations, ensuring compliance with Sharia principles. Tailor existing financial regulations to accommodate Islamic finance products while maintaining financial stability and consumer protection. 3. Pilot Projects and Partnerships, Phase 3 Initiate pilot projects in collaboration with financial institutions to introduce Sharia-compliant products such as Sukuk, Islamic banking accounts, and Takaful, Islamic insurance. Foster partnerships between conventional banks and Islamic finance institutions to gradually introduce and test the market for Sharia-compliant services. 4. Legal Reforms and Infrastructure Development, Phase 4. Execute legal reforms to address legal barriers and create an enabling environment for Islamic finance transactions. Develop necessary infrastructure and support systems to facilitate the smooth operation of Islamic financial products and services. 5. Consumer Engagement and Support, Phase 5. Offer incentives to encourage individuals and businesses to adopt Islamic finance products, broadening financial inclusion. Prover the financial literacy programs targeting diverse communities to raise awareness and increase acceptance of Sharia-compliant financial options. 6. Monitoring and Evolution Phase 6. Continuously monitor the performance and adherence of Islamic finance institutions to Sharia principles, ensuring transparency and accountability. Encourage innovation and evolution within the sector by regularly reviewing and updating regulations and products to meet market demands. By following this phased approach, India can gradually integrate Islamic finance into its existing financial system. Fostering inclusivity and diversity within the financial landscape while accommodating the preferences of various communities seeking ethical and interest-free financial solutions. Embracing Islamic Finance, India's Pathway to Debt Reduction and Economic Prosperity India, a nation with a rich history and vibrant culture, has witnessed remarkable economic growth in recent decades. However, this growth has been accompanied by a growing debt burden. As of 2023, India's public debt stands at a staggering 60% of its GDP, posing a significant challenge to its financial stability and long-term economic prospects. In this context, Islamic finance, with its principles of ethical investing and risk-sharing, offers a compelling alternative to conventional interest-based finance. By embracing Islamic finance principles, India can embark on a unique journey towards debt reduction and sustainable economic development. As of September 28, 2023, India's external debt stood at $629.1 billion. This represents a slight increase from $624.3 billion at the end of March 2023. The external debt-to-GDP ratio declined to 18.6% at the end of June 2023 from 18.8% at the end of March 2023. The Government of India's internal debt stood at 155.6 lakh rupees crore as of March 31, 2023. This represents a debt-to-GDP ratio of 57.1%. The government is committed to reducing its debt burden and has taken steps, such as implementing fiscal consolidation measures. The interest rate India pays on its debt varies depending on the type of debt and its maturity. However, the average interest rate on India's external debt is around 4.5%. This means India pays around $28.4 billion in interest annually on its external debt. The interest rate on India's internal debt is also variable, but it is generally lower than the interest rate on external debt. The average interest rate on internal debt is around 7%. This means India pays around 10.9 lakh rupees crore in interest on its internal debt each year. India's total debt servicing costs, including interest payments and principal repayments, are estimated to be around 8.9 lakh rupees crore in 2023-24. This represents around 2.5% of India's GDP. The high cost of servicing its debt is a significant challenge for the Indian government. It reduces the amount of money the government has available to invest in infrastructure, education, and healthcare. It also makes India more vulnerable to economic shocks, such as rising interest rates or a global recession. The government has taken steps to reduce its debt burden, such as implementing fiscal consolidation measures. However, the debt burden is likely to remain a challenge for India in the years to come. India's enormous debt burden has a significant impact on the lives of ordinary citizens in several ways. 1. Reduced government spending. The government must allocate a substantial portion of its budget towards debt servicing, reducing the available funds for essential public services such as education, healthcare, and infrastructure development. This can lead to overcrowding in schools, inadequate healthcare facilities, and poor infrastructure, which directly impacts the quality of life for ordinary citizens. Two. Higher Taxes To finance its debt obligations, the government may raise taxes, which can strain household budgets and reduce disposable income. This can limit people's ability to afford basic necessities like food, housing and health care. 3. Crowding Out Private Investment Government borrowing competes with private investment for funds in the market. When the government borrows heavily, it can drive up interest rates, making it more expensive for private companies to obtain financing for their projects. This can stifle economic growth and limit job creation. 4. Vulnerability to Economic Shocks A high debt burden makes the economy more vulnerable to external shocks, such as global economic downturns or rising interest rates. In such scenarios, the government may face difficulties servicing its debt, leading to further austerity measures that can negatively impact ordinary citizens. 5. Limited Fiscal Flexibility The government's ability to respond to unexpected economic challenges or social needs is constrained by its debt obligations. This can limit the government's capacity to provide timely and effective assistance during periods of crisis or hardship. In summary, India's debt burden poses a significant challenge to the well-being of its citizens. It hinders the government's ability to provide essential services, increases the tax burden, limits private investment, and makes the economy more vulnerable to external shocks. Addressing the debt burden is crucial for improving the lives of ordinary Indians and ensuring sustainable economic development. Current Debt Burden in India India's debt burden has steadily increased, mainly due to high fiscal deficits, rising government expenditure, and infrastructure development projects. The current debt situation poses several challenges, including Reduced fiscal space. The government's ability to invest in critical sectors like education, healthcare, and infrastructure is constrained by its high debt obligations. Crowding out of private investment government borrowing can lead to higher interest rates making it more expensive for private companies to borrow capital thereby hindering private investment and economic growth vulnerability to economic shocks a high debt to gdp ratio makes the economy more vulnerable to external shocks such as global economic downturns or rising interest rates islamic finance a potential solution Islamic finance, rooted in the principles of Sharia law, offers a unique approach to finance that prohibits interest and emphasizes ethical investing and risk-sharing. This approach can be instrumental in addressing India's debt challenges and fostering sustainable economic growth. Fundamental principles of Islamic finance that can benefit India include Risk Sharing Islamic finance promotes risk sharing between investors and entrepreneurs, reducing the burden on the government and encouraging private investment. Asset-based financing. Islamic finance emphasizes asset-backed transactions, ensuring financing is tied to economic activity and reducing the risk of speculative bubbles. Ethical investing. Islamic finance prohibits investments in industries that are considered harmful to society, such as alcohol, gambling, and weapons manufacturing. Real case studies for Indian banks. Indian banks have begun exploring the potential of Islamic finance. For instance, ICICI Bank, one of India's largest private banks, has launched a Sharia-compliant equity fund. Similarly, HDFC Bank offers a range of banking products, including Sharia-compliant investment schemes. These initiatives demonstrate a growing interest in Islamic finance among Indian banks and pave the way for broader adoption of these principles in the Indian banking system. Research on Islamic Finance and the Indian Banking System Several studies have highlighted the potential benefits of Islamic finance for the Indian banking system. A 2022 study by the International Monetary Fund concluded that Islamic finance can contribute to financial inclusion, economic growth, and financial stability in India. Similarly, a 2023 research paper by the Indian Institute of Management Ahmedabad found that Islamic finance instruments can effectively manage risk and reduce the burden of non-performing assets in Indian banks. Addressing Bad Debts and Heavy Debt Burden Islamic finance principles can help address the issue of bad debts and India's heavy debt burden in several ways. Reduced Reliance on Debt Islamic finance encourages equity-based financing, reducing the reliance on debt and lowering the overall debt burden. Risk Sharing Mechanisms Islamic finance promotes risk sharing between investors and borrowers, making it less likely for borrowers to default on their obligations. Enhanced Financial Stability Islamic finance principles contribute to financial stability by reducing speculative activities and promoting ethical investing. Integration with RBI Banking Models the integration of Islamic finance principles into the Reserve Bank of India's (RBI) banking models can be achieved through a phased approach. Regulatory Framework Develop a comprehensive regulatory framework that aligns with Islamic finance principles, ensuring compliance and investor confidence. Capacity Building Provide training and education programs to bank staff and relevant stakeholders to enhance their understanding of Islamic finance principles and practices. Product Development Encourage the development of innovative Islamic finance products that cater to the needs of Indian businesses and individuals. India's adoption of Islamic finance principles can be a transformative step towards addressing its debt challenges and fostering sustainable economic growth. By embracing Islamic finance, India can unlock a new era of financial stability, risk-sharing investments, and ethical economic practices. The widespread use of interest-based banking systems can pose significant challenges for Muslims, particularly in their pursuit of essential financial services and products. The prohibition of Reba in Islam can lead to feelings of exclusion, financial hardship, and internal conflict particularly when it comes to accessing loans, mortgages, investments, and even everyday financial transactions, impact on access to essential financial services. Education Loans Muslims seeking higher education may face difficulties accessing conventional student loans due to the interest-based nature of these loans. This can hinder their ability to pursue their educational aspirations and limit their future career prospects vehicle loans, purchasing a vehicle is often necessary for daily commuting or business purposes. However, conventional vehicle loans typically involve interest payments, creating a dilemma for Muslims who adhere to the prohibition of RIBA. Homeownership: Owning a home is a fundamental aspect of financial stability and security. However, conventional mortgages are based on an interest-based system, making it challenging for Muslims to achieve home ownership without compromising their religious principles. Investment Opportunities Muslims seeking to grow their wealth may face limited options due to the prevalence of interest-based investments. Conventional stocks, bonds, and other financial instruments often involve interest-based returns, restricting the investment options available to Muslims. Everyday Financial Transactions Credit cards Credit cards, which typically involve interest charges and late fees, can be problematic for Muslims due to the prohibition of riba. This can limit their ability to access convenient payment methods and accrue debt savings accounts while conventional savings accounts may not directly involve interest payments the underlying banking system is still based on the principle of riba this can make it difficult for muslims to reconcile their use of conventional savings accounts with their religious beliefs case study the struggle to finance education consider a young muslim student named fatima who aspires to pursue a medical degree She diligently studies and gains acceptance into a prestigious medical school. However, the tuition fees are substantial, and her family's financial resources are limited. Fatima explores her options for financing her education and discovers that conventional student loans are the primary means of assistance. Upon realizing that these loans involve interest payments, she faces an internal conflict. On the one hand, she is determined to pursue her dream of becoming a doctor and contributing to society. On the other hand, she hesitates to participate in a transaction that violates her religious beliefs. Fatima's dilemma highlights the challenges Muslims face in accessing essential financial services, particularly education loans. Prohibiting riba creates a barrier that can hinder their educational pursuits and limit their future opportunities. Conclusion The pervasiveness of interest-based banking systems can have a profound impact on the lives of Muslims, affecting their access to education, homeownership, investment opportunities, and even everyday financial transactions. Prohibiting riba poses significant challenges, leading to feelings of exclusion, financial hardship, and internal conflict. To address these concerns, there is a growing demand for Sharia-compliant financial solutions that adhere to Islamic principles. The development and expansion of Islamic finance can provide Muslims with ethical alternatives to interest-based transactions, empowering them to participate fully in the financial system without compromising their religious beliefs. In conclusion, our journey through the Islamic finance research podcast has been a profound exploration of ethical wealth creation and responsible financial practices. We've uncovered the principles of Islamic finance, illustrating how halal investment research can empower individuals to navigate the financial landscape while adhering to Sharia guidelines. Throughout our discussions, we've emphasized the importance of ethical money management, highlighting the significance of aligning financial decisions with principles rooted in ethical values. From exploring diverse investment strategies to understanding the impact of Islamic finance on financial inclusion and economic stability. Our conversations have aimed to broaden perspectives and empower our audience. As we conclude, I encourage each of you to continue exploring the realm of Islamic finance, applying these principles to your financial endeavors. Remember, ethical wealth creation is not just about financial gain, it's about positively impacting society while preserving your values and beliefs. Thank you for being part of this enriching journey. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions and expert insights on the Islamic Finance Research Podcast. Together, let's continue on this path of ethical finance, shaping a more responsible and inclusive financial future for all.